Yo, what's going on, sports fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Front Runners Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Jesse Nixon here with my good friend and co-host, Eli Sultana. How are we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. As you can tell from the lighting outside, we're recording this one a little later today, but we never we never do you guys like we did a few weeks ago. That was, that was a brief uh, admission. How do us the derby today? So we're back. Yeah, of course. It's too much fun. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The top of the show, we got to hop right into it with the Derby Camp One Soto. Um, we'll talk more about the Derby later, but the biggest story of the week in MLB undoubtedly is Juan Soto, or I guess Scott Boris, his agent, declining the 15 year, 44 or $440 million, excuse me, uh, extension that the Nationals offered. Now, that sounds insane, right? Hearing 15, 440, and the fact that a dude said no to that sounds stupid. But honestly, I think he's right because this kid is 23 years old. He's still younger than like a lot of the prospects. I think there was 12 guys in the Futures game that was played like two days ago. The Futures game that are older than Juan Soto. Yeah. And he's already won a World Series, made like what, three or four All Star teams, could have an MVP. One of, yeah, one just won the Derby. Now. Like this dude is yeah. one of the probably one of the most accomplished twenty-three-year-olds ever. Has to be. So this kid is worth more, as well as it is to say, than four hundred forty million. Because when you do the math, it's only twenty-nine a year, and only. But there are dudes making a lot more than twenty-nine a year, and Juan Soto is already a top-five player in the MLB. He does deserve more, I think. However, the Nationals upon him declining that offer essentially decided that they're open to trading him and kind of announced that they would be listening to trades for him, which of course because he's Juan Soto uh, set off a huge reaction because if you're another team, you have to at least look into it if it's Juan Soto. So... I guess we'll start off with, do you think the Nationals end up signing him or do you think they end up trading him? Because this doesn't really have to happen soon. He's got like two and a half years left of team control, so they don't have to do it yet. Yeah. What do you think this ends up with? I feel, I feel like they're not going to trade him. I feel like it's a, at least not this year if they do, because like you said, they still have whatever, two and a half or three years of control. Um. He's just so valuable, and he's so young, and he's already done so much, pretty much everything you already said. Like, I honestly, I feel like it's kind of like a KD situation in in free agency right now. Like, for the trade to even happen, like, the Nationals would need so much in return because they're giving up a top five player in the league who's only 23 years old. So he's going to, like, wreak havoc on the MLB minimum for like eight to 10 more years. Um, so personally, I don't think it happens uh, this year, at least um, the nationals obviously aren't in a win now situation, but luckily he's young. So if they do keep him, then hopefully in like four or five years, they'll have a bunch of prospects that come up and then they're really good again. And they have like a 28 year old Juan Soto, who's like, the, by far the best player in the league. So if I were them, I wouldn't 
and I don't think they will. At yeah. least right now. See, it's kind of the way I see it going. Obviously, last year they moved into full tank mode when they traded away uh, yeah. Scherzer and Turner at the deadline. They already lost their known free agency after they won the World Series. So they kind of gutted most of the core from the team that won the World Series, besides, of course, Soto. Um, but then it's pretty obvious that your goal is let's rebuild around Soto because that's, you know, that's our new guy. You know, you can, you can put him in the middle of the order, put some stuff around him, and you're going to have a really good offense, right? So it's obviously that's what they'd like to do. It seems like it would be plan A. And I think eventually they move up a little from from 29 a year. Maybe it's only 12 years and it's 30, 35 a year or something. I don't know. But I feel like eventually they figure it out. Because at the end of the day, if you trade Juan Soto, you're going to trade him. You are going to get a ton of value back, obviously. You're going to get, like, half of a team's farm system or something. Like, their top five prospects or whatever it would be. But the only reason you trade him is to try and get another player that's almost as good as he is in return to build your team around again. Like, that's why I kind of... And baseball doesn't even have a salary cap, so I kind of don't get why you don't pay a player that you brought up because the entire point of, like, the farm system is to develop a kid good enough to be Juan Soto so that he's worth paying $35 million a year. So, if I'm the Nationals, I'll give him $500 million and we'll figure the rest out. Also, by the time, by the time he's 30, $500 million will be like, everyone's getting that. And... <laughs> The, yeah, exactly. The next generate the, like Andrew Jones will be up for a seven hundred million dollar extension in like six years. <laughs> so I don't know. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be tripping over giving a little more money. But I will say there have been some. I think there was an athletic article that put up some trade packages for him. Some interesting stuff. I mean, it is really just teams trading away all of their good young players or all their prospects or some combination of them. But there was one thread out there that kind of was funny. It was like a swap with Soto for like Otani and Joe Adele and like, I forget who else. It might have been Anthony Rendon or something. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. But I bring that up because a lot of people are at the point where they think that the Angels have to trade Otani. Because one thing about Otani, he's only making like $5 million a year right now. Still on that. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I guess it's just an international contract. Like they have different rules for the players that are coming over internationally. So he's still on like five million dollar a year contract, and Angels still suck. So one, do you see it actually happening? But two, should they trade Otani or consider it? Uh, I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm a depressed Oakland A's fan. So anything to make our division worse, uh, I'm all for it. So in that aspect, I think absolutely they should trade Otani and Trout. Why not? Um, but so, unless they get some, uh, if I'm not, yeah, exactly. Uh, but not thinking through that lens. Um, I I don't know because. I mean, they literally have two generational talents on one roster, and they're both, like, in their prime right now. So it's got to be a win-now situation, and they just have continuously fumbled the bag 
for Mike Trout's entire career. So I don't, I just don't know. I like, but it's similar to the Juan Soto situation. Like if you trade them, at least Otani, like say you keep Trout, uh, if you trade Otani, like you're literally not going to get a player like him again. Like you're not going to get him in return. Someone that can pitch and throw a hundred and then also have, has the potential to hit like how many home runs did he hit last year? Like 45 yeah, or something. Yeah. So like you give that up, you better be getting like an entire farm system in return. So I don't know if they do, especially because LA is such a big market. Like they might just next year try and spend even more money and then probably screw it up again. But I don't know. It's, it's, even though I'm an A's fan, it's like annoying to see like this team has so much potential and like we beat them most years. Not that, not this year for sure, but (laughs) though, like, go on. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, Orioles for that matter. I don't know. I they frustrate me as an organization. Yeah, see, the Angels are, I think, probably the most universally rooted for team. Like, maybe teams don't like the Angels, but everyone wants the Angels to be better than they are because, I mean, there's no no reason to hate on a team that sucks, right? And they have now. First, it was just Trout. Everyone loves Trout. Right? Every baseball fan wants to see Mike Trout do well. But now they got two of them. They have two generational talents, like you said, and they still can't do anything. So honestly, I mean, I just so highly doubt it would actually ever happen. They're they're clearly willing to spend money as an organization. And in LA, it's a bad move to just get rid of a superstar. It's just a bad idea, like optics-wise. So I don't think it would happen. But honestly, they... If they can't figure it out, like if this team that they have right now is this bad, they just got Thor this offseason. They still have Trout, Silvatani. Adele is completely destroying AAA pitching and then comes up to the MLB and sucks. Brandon Marsh is up. Like, this is the team that's supposed to at least be solid, and they're fourth in the AL West right now. So, honestly, it almost seems like they should just trade everybody get the most loaded farm system of all time and just run it back. See what happens like with the new, with a new, completely new roster. They won't actually do it. They would never do it, but I don't know. I, I just don't know where they even go from here. I I feel like I've lost hope for them completely. I remember coming into this year, I was like, oh, maybe they should be pretty good, but they're the angels. They will not make the playoffs. Like, you know what happens. So. I don't know. It's embarrassing. Anyways, I think it's time to move on to the home run derby. As we said, Juan Soto did end up the champion. Shout out to my guy, the 23-year-old. He was one of the youngest champions ever. But I think they said second yeah, youngest. Yeah, but I, I certainly thought it was going to be J-Rod that came home with it, I'm sure. Most people watching did. Um, because that man put on a show tonight. Why don't you yeah, go ahead and talk about the J Rod show as he calls himself? Yeah, well, I unfortunately Chris missed the first round, so yeah. <laughs> he didn't get to see that performance. But literally, round one, J 
J-Rod was the first batter, like the first person to go. And the commentators were like, oh, I mean, he's 21. He's young. He like, he's has it like when he was doing batting practice, he had like the cage behind him and he was in an empty stadium. So like, he's got to account for all these factors of like all these people rooting for him and everything. And then he comes in first two swings, absolute garbage. And then he goes on to hit 32 in the first round. And I believe the record they said was Pete Alonzo the previous year hit 35 in the first round. And so like 32 is unreal, especially for someone who is, it's their first home run derby. Like you would expect that from like, I would expect that from Pete Alonzo or like, definitely not this Albert Pujols, but like Albert Pujols like 10 years ago or 12 years ago. So like he just destroyed it. And then I felt bad for Corey Seager because he still hit like 25 or something and then got eliminated. But yeah, he literally he had like the fourth or third best round and got out. So that kind of sucked. But yeah, J-Rod just destroyed it in round one. Round two, he comes back, he hits 31. So only one less than the previous round. I think part of that was he had an hour off literally between his rounds because he was the very first person to go. And then there was a swing off against between Google's and Schwarber. So he got extra time. So then he hits 31. So he's already at freaking 63 home runs in two rounds. And then he only got 18 in the final, unfortunately. And then Soto beat him, but he was just destroying the ball. And everyone is like, dude, this guy's only 21. Like he's, he's literally going to dominate the MLB and next year, the all-star game is in Seattle. Yeah, so even though he didn't win this year, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a whole, whole home crowd rooting for him next year. And even so. the 18 was the final round for whatever reason, it's shorter. It was two and a half minutes or yeah, two and a half minutes. Yeah. It, it was only two minutes instead yeah. of three. I think that's just because the players are so exhausted. They're like, yeah, We're not and, gonna make and the problem three, is but, he didn't get the bonus time. So yeah. his rate or whatever of yeah, home runs was still pretty insane. He just didn't have the bonus time, so he didn't get the full-on, like, chance to kind of go crazy. But, yeah, I mean, insane performance from him. Like you said, 21 just came out, I guess, first two swings were bad, and nothing else was bad from him for the rest of the night. So he was he was insane. He kind of lit the MLB Twitter world on fire. Everyone was talking about him. Um. But yeah, he even though Soto won, I feel like Kiro was definitely the star of the night. Kind of the most. Well, he had he had way more home runs in total than Soto. I know yeah, that. He, so eighty homers, eighty one or something. Yeah, I think it was like eighty or eighty one. Yeah, yeah. Sixty three. Yeah, so he just had he had himself a night, man. The kid had himself a night, and he's got to be the favorite. I think going into next year at home. If it's not him, the only other person that should be the favorite, if it's not Julio, is yeah. Pete. Because Pete is going to come back with a vengeance. That man takes that competition so seriously. It's ridiculous. Like, did you see the clip of him before the derby? The one where he was lifting or the yeah. meditation? Yeah, he was deadlifting before the derby even started to warm his muscles up. Dude, <laughs> dude's doing deadlifts in in the locker room. Yeah, that, ridiculous. It's like the comparison of him deadlifting whatever during Acuna's round or something to warm up, and then Acuna was 
sitting down on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> <Pete> was hitting. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. But no, yeah, Pete is clear. I think it's his swing is like really short and compact, right? So not no wasted motion, and he kind of gets in a rhythm, and then he's just unstoppable. So he's really good. Rodriguez, his swing almost reminds me of Byron Buxton, but just more under control. And that dude is an athlete because he is—he's powerful. Like he was in some some bombs, but um, yeah, he clearly he's 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 built for the derby. Some guys are, some guys aren't. Like Acuna's swing is just better in game, and for whatever reason, he's not the best in the derby. But J-Rod, he's he's built for the derby. So yeah, shout out to that man. Gonna terrorize the A's for the next like fifteen years, because <laughs> because there weren't enough of those guys in the ALS already. Yeah, exactly. Our division definitely isn't like unreal already. Although you're lucky, Trout loves oh, terrorizing so the see, I saw, like, some quote. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Did you see the quote from Dusty Baker? It might have been fake. I, I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't read who the source was, so this might be dumb. But I saw something on Twitter where it was like. Dusty Baker's uh, when asked about like Julio Rodriguez or no, 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 it wasn't about Julio. Actually, it was about the starting pitcher um, for the AL. What's his name? McClan. Yeah. Dusty Baker was like, I've never seen him pitch. (laughs) Totally off. Yeah. Totally off topic, but because I thought it was about Julio, but it was not, it was, Mookie, Mookie said like on the broadcast, he like came over and he was like, "Dude, I've never seen this kid in person before. Who is this guy?" Or something. When J Rod was hitting, so <laughs> he yeah, that was definitely his coming out. Yeah, yeah, he's everyone's on notice now. He's something. He's something special. I'm I'm, I'm ready to put him into that uh, that tier of superstars that's got to carry the next ten fifteen years with like Acuna Tatis. Vlad and Soto. I'm ready. <laughs> Even though so it might be a bit premature. I really don't care. <laughs> He's so fun. So. Also, kind of looks like Jordan Poole. It's probably just he has the same haircut and like facial hair. I, I saw your tweet where you were like, haven't Jordan Poole ever been seen? <laughs> and they're, the they're about the same size except Poole's a little skinnier. Hopefully by the time Jordan Poole gets back on the court, he weighs as much as J-Rod does, actually. Then we'll be in business. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a lot of fun just because that man was out there. Oh, but we got to talk about the old man, the resurrection. <laughs> Defeating the guy who has, I'm sure, has the most homers of any, or had the most homers of anyone in the field, right? Because he's like second in the league behind Aaron Judge. Yeah, he was the one seed. <laughs> so, yes, in uh, the first round, Albert Pools put up a, I'll say it was a, it was a measly 13 bombs in the first, in the like, Regular time, but then Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber couldn't couldn't outdo him, tied him up, which of course triggered the swing off, and then and then Pools went out there and put up seven in a minute. Seven in a minute's a really good pace. So he went out there and he he got a little uh little flashback and took home round one over the number one seed. Probably not the favorite, but it was probably Pete Alonso, but number one seed. Nonetheless, Kyle Schwarber, yeah. which was a 
Although it was so funny too, because like after he hit his thirteen, they literally like stopped everything, like gave him like a standing ovation and everything. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Kyle Schwarber's easily beaten that." And then he just, I, I they showed a clip like when Schwarber didn't like tied him, like the it like panned over to him and he like put his head down, and then like all of his kids were like shaking him, and he was like, "Dude, I gotta go back out there." Like what the hell? Oh man! See, I got home like right after pools went, so all I saw was Schwarber, and I was like, "Oh, of course, thirteen. Oh, of course, he's, he's easily beaten this." <laughs> and then Drew's like, "Oh my gosh, it's scripted. Kajorb is going easy on it." <laughs> well, bro, and then he almost beat yeah, Soto. He did. That's the thing. I was like, "Wait, hold on." He's like, "He had sixteen. Like, he's, he did pretty well." <laughs> oh man, ridiculous! Oh, it was a. I think that's about perfect, uh, a perfect derby for Pujols. He, I don't think he would have, yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't have made it too far into the second half of the season if he had won that thing. <laughs> he would have been, he would have to take the next couple of weeks off or something. So, yeah, that was a good scenario, good outcome. But actually, I saw that this year they're, they, or I guess for the future also, that they're changing the format for the All-Star game. So that if it's a tie, then they trigger the home run derby. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not sure if like the cap or like the uh, manager just picks a player or something, or if it's like whoever had the most votes. I don't know how it works, but I really don't care. I just want it to happen. I hope it's a team derby. So like you got to pick three guys and like you all have to hit or something. I don't know, but it'll be fun. I want to see it happen. So I don't know who. Who would win? Because I'm not sure. Would it have to be like guys that were in the game at the time? So all the bench guys, or could it be anyone on the roster? So like, could you send out Judge and I don't know, J. Rod probably. Um, but yeah, I want to see the home run derby. Um, if the or, so, yeah, hopefully they tie the L C game. Probably won't, but at least so. Uh, that's a good addition. That's a good Why not? Change. I mean, it'd be fun. So, okay. We move on to a little bit of hoops. It's uh, honestly not that much happened, but we'll talk a little bit more about the Summer League. Um, you know, since we last talked hoops, it was five days ago. So, like, half the players, like, stopped playing and stuff. Um uh, I know. I think Keegan Murray got MVP, right? So yeah, that was um, quite. He had quite the quite the showing in the summer league and the California Classic, whatever it was. So good start to his yeah. career, even though he was drafted to the Kings. Um, and then the Blazers. Yeah, apparently, that's back to back summer league MVPs. Davion Mitchell won it last year, which I didn't remember. How did Davion but, Mitchell get it, man? Yeah. He didn't even score. That's surprising. I don't know. Moses Moody also led the summer league in scoring 27.5 points per game over. Just just being on Cam Thomas, even though Moses only played two games. I got something to say about that. I got beef with the Warriors store right now. I literally, today, I was like, you know what? Let me go, like... Why not? I'm going to get a Moses Moody jersey because, like, I'm a Moses Moody enthusiast, so I, I have to have one. So I go on to the, Warrior, I go on to the Warriors store, 
and I like select Moses Moody as the player I want the jersey for, they only have double XL as the size. No other sizes available. What the hell? I, I was, I was livid. Plus, there was a twenty percent discount for like all purchases that expires on Thursday. But I had to use this, so I got a pool, I got a pool party shirt instead. <laughs> it was a lot cheaper. But anyways, that was just a quick rant about the Warriors store. Get your Moses Moody jerseys up, bro. I need I need a Moses sure. Moody jersey. You can't only sell me a double XL, bro. That's Are there that jersey. many Moody enthusiasts like that? They don't have any. Exactly. That's what also, I'm saying. Why can't bro. you just order it and just like say whenever you get them in stock, and they'll just let you know it won't be for yeah. Like week whenever you get. One that doesn't make any sense. So they they don't plan on they trading them anytime soon. Like you're not making any more jerseys. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yes, Moses Moody played really well in the summer league, so I'm very happy in that sense. But I'm pissed that I don't have a jersey. I don't. Oh, Big Jim played a couple more games. I know. Um, Moody hasn't played. He hasn't played games since we last <laughs> talked about them. Yeah. Uh, Wiseman played. Did we talk about him after two games or three? I don't know. I think it was okay. two. Well, then I guess he played two more and just did the exact same thing. He ended up averaging 11 points and five and a half rebounds. I can, I can live with those numbers in 19 minutes. I'd like a little more rebounding, but it's okay. He fouled a little too much, but two blocks in 20 minutes. Yeah is something I like a lot. So, um, you know what? Overall, I don't remember what the greater game the last time was. Probably, I think it was like probably B or something. But, yeah. I think, I think we might have given him like a B minus. Yeah, I think it was probably somewhere around there. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a flat B. If it was a B minus, I'll raise it up to a flat B. Just, you know, shot blocking is going to be big if it stays... And he's still athletic. Rebounding's not bad overall. And a lot of offensive rebounding, by the way. 2.3 offensive rebounds per game. So that's pretty nice. Um, oh, my God. Taco Fall averaged eight offensive rebounds a game. <laughs> in 16 minutes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Pretty good showing overall. Just want to get him healthy. Want to get him on the court. We're going to need him because we have, like, eight playable players right now. Nine players. So. Yeah. yeah. Also, shout out, shout out the Trailblazers for somehow winning. Yeah. I did not think they would be the team that would win. We looked at their roster before recording this. Don't know how they won. They had key on, but Johnson. you know, good for them. They're the first. Like, yeah, like how the only player really first knew. summer league team. First summer league team to get rings. <laughs> Keon Johnson had more rings than Damian. Then Damian, yeah, let's say the then Dame. When they announced that, so many memes. <laughs> summer league players will get rings. This is a picture of Chris Paul playing the summer. Chris Paul, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny that you rings for that. It's not even like it's not even like a tournament. Is it, is it a tournament? It's technically like, a tournament. Is that a bracket or is it just play a bunch of games over the best record? 
I think now they changed it to that, but I know it used to be an yeah, actual. I know it used to be a bracket, but I didn't. I mean, there were still like six games played today, so I, I think it was just. Yeah, that's what undefeated or something probably. But that's like you shouldn't get rings for that. I'm not gonna lie. If you play five games per seeding and then you mm-hmm. go into a single elimination tournament, sure you get some rings, but don't get rings for just playing round robin. That's dumb. So, I don't know. Congratulations though. No, no, not trying to throw shade at the at the uh, Blazers guys. Good stuff from them, but yeah, they've suffered <laughs> enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, King Murray was really good, but Cam Thomas was also quite good. I'm not sure how Keegan Murray. Eh, seven rebounds, I guess. I don't know. It was close. Cam Thomas also put insane, though. I guess that's the point. 27 and a half. Not insanely efficient, but needs to get to the line, to the line 11 times per game, so. That is pretty efficient there because it was 87% out from the line. So, yeah. Ken Thomas could have easily been MVP as well. Keep Murray, though, definitely deserves it. It was a yeah, decent summer league, I guess. But as we know, none of that matters. I guess there's no, no more basketball for like two months then, right? Two and a half months. I saw something. The Warriors' first game is like, I think it was like September thirtieth. Yeah, I think it's something. Yeah. They they play like the Wizards in Japan on like an international oh, yeah, tour. Like, uh, Hachimura's from Japan. Oh God, yeah. Okay. No shot. They send the big uh-huh. ping pongs over to Japan, though, right? They they ship it stuff and. I don't know. I mean, the NBA is a global business. They might. Adam Silver might be like, get on, get on a plane right True. now. So those 35-year-old men out on a business trip to Japan, bro, it's tough. <laughs> a jet lag's going to do numbers. <laughs> Our retirement home yeah. of a team, bro. Yeah, a little time off, and the problem is now the like one part of the offseason is over, so it's kind of like, well, until some ridiculousness happens with uh, those two boys in Brooklyn, kind of a stalemate for NBA. But it's all right. Yeah, we literally we literally talked about this before we started recording, and I guess it's a segue into the next topic, but. Like, the only semi-big move at all that happened since we released our last episode was the DeAndre Ayton, like, situation. So, for those of you who don't know, DeAndre Ayton, starting center for the Phoenix Suns this year, they had, what, 64 wins? And then fumbled the bag in the playoffs. Dramatic. In seven games. And then, actually, going in the last season, he had one year left on his contract, and... The Suns were like, we don't think he's a max player. We're not giving him a max contract. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to go hoop this year and prove you wrong. They proceed to win 64 games. And then the Suns are like, yeah, no, we're still not. We still don't think you're a max player. So then he got an offer from Indiana, which I believe was the highest offer ever for a restricted free agent. It was like four years, 100 
So highest offer ever for a restricted free agent. And then Phoenix is like, oh, you know what? We'll match that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of where the situation lies right now. I think Phoenix, I, I guess your opinion on it, Chris, but I, it seems like Phoenix finally grew a brain and realized, oh, if we don't bring Aiden back, who are we going to get that's better than him or as good as him? And then since there's no one, that means we're going to have Bismack Biombo starting at center next year. Yeah, all think they do. Um, yeah, I honestly, I was kind of surprised that he won't sign him last year because I feel like he had a great playoffs up until he met Giannis Antetokounmpo, but who doesn't struggle against him? Yeah, but you, no, no one can guard him, so... No one can score on him either. So it was, yeah. yeah. Besides that, though, he was like really good. Um, and here's the thing: not only did they fumble the bag against Phoenix, but it was like some weird stuff going on with him during that game. I think he didn't. Play, didn't he not play the, like the entire second half? And then like Monty Williams accused him of game like, seven against Dallas, something, something like that. Like. Oh, God, you're right. There was some drama on the bench with him and Monty Williams. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, yeah, he, like, didn't play yeah. a ton. I think he only had 17 minutes in that game, which, you know, you got I guess you rest your players when you're down by 40, but everyone else played more than that. So, it was a little weird, and it just looks so much like they were just going to let him go. They thought they could just replace him with JaVale McGee types, and, like, they'd be fine. Because, like, when they lost him this year, they just put Jalen Smith, Big Zach, Big and Javel McGee in, and they were fine. So I think they – or I thought that that was what they thought, but then they matched the offer sheet. At first, I was like, maybe they'll try and do a sign and trade for KD or whatever, but at this point, he has – like, because he signed the offer, he has a one-year no-trade clause, I think it is. So he can veto any trade. Yeah. And there's the whole rule of you can't have two rookie max extensions. So the Nets would somehow have to get rid of Ben Simmons in order to even get Aiden. So not only would Aiden have to agree to go to the Nets, but the Nets would have to first get rid of Ben Simmons or get rid of Ben Simmons in the deal. Not to the Suns, because no way the Suns are taking on Ben Simmons' contract. They're trying to trade for KD, so it has to be a three-team deal or something. Maybe Pacers or something would pick up Ben Simmons. Um and all that would be very complicated. So once again, lowering the chances that KD actually gets traded because it makes it so much more difficult for that specific suitor to get him. It's there's a lot going on with that deal. But yeah, I don't know. I was surprised that they just matched it and they're just gonna keep him because it just did not seem that way. So I'm the same way. I I literally. I told my dad whenever he listens to this whole, whole no, but like I was literally watching NBA today, Malika Andrew, Andrews' show. Watch it if you it don't. Uh, 12 to 1 good. on ESPN every day, every weekday. Um, but I was watching that and they were talking about Aiden because at the time only Indiana had offered him. <laughs> Phoenix hadn't matched it yet. And I said to my dad, I was like, there's no way Phoenix is going to match this. Like, they've said repeatedly that, like, they don't want him. They Like, they don't think he's a max player. 
And literally, like, five minutes later, oh, Adrian Wojnowski, breaking news. <laughs> Phoenix matches the deal. And I was like, oh, my God, I look like such an idiot. And the other thing is it so, takes me to, like, the luxury tax, I know. right? I know, yeah, it takes Phoenix into luxury tax, which is unreal for – because, like, that's not – a I mean, I guess Phoenix is a big city, but like that's not a huge market. It's not team. a big basketball city, especially because apparently their owner their owner yeah. is very cheap. Yeah, for basketball. Um. So, I yeah, their owner is really cheap. So I know he is not gonna like being the luxury tax because it's what, seven dollars for every actual dollar. I, I it's so, so confusing because there's also like tiers and like how many years you're in the luxury tax and stuff. So. That's true. Yeah. So Phoenix, I don't know. I mean, I think they should keep Aiton, obviously, because there's yeah. no one that will replace him and do as well as he was well doing. Definitely. So, and the other thing, yeah. Plus, I, you tweeted. You tweeted also. It was. It was almost the end of the winner's work era, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is like the like, as we've talked about already, but the West is going to be stupid stacked next year. So losing Aiden probably yeah. takes them out of the like really competitive tier with you know Golden State, Denver. You know which LA team is going to be actually good, um, and then you know there's like I think the Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies should deserve to be there, and then it's like the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, and then Dallas. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's five already. So then there's only one more spot that isn't a play. Other than that, it would be like Phoenix so. and the T Wolves would be competing for like that six seed. But now with Aiton, yeah, I mean you know the two. I could be wrong. The T Wolves could end up being really really good, but I feel like I would still take Phoenix over uh, Minnesota in the regular season. So obviously, oh, yeah, it's not locked up. But it helps them a lot towards getting that five, six seed, maybe four seed. They can definitely be better than Dallas. They can compete with, you know, depending on how injuries go, depending on how fast or slow the Nuggets start, depending on the Warriors' health and load management. Clippers are also a very heavy load managing team. So they could not, like, it's likely that there's no 60 win teams or whatever in the West, but a bunch of mid 50s teams again. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the Suns keeping in helps them stay right up there. Because they're still going to be a really good team. Maybe a little some of that Mojo's loss, a little some of that confidence. Maybe, maybe we'll be talking about the Lucas special anymore. Yeah. Maybe no more Winners Work videos posted after they beat a team without their best player by like three points. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm praying on Phoenix's downfall, but that's just because it's so oh, yeah. funny on social media. It's, it's so a team that employs Christopher but... Emmanuel Paul. So always. Oh yeah, I'm a hater of. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pray on that man's downfall. <laughs> anyways, uh, we good on that? I think. All right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Move on to uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, video game Madden. EA has done it again. 
It's a thumbs down from Eli for those of you who don't that video right now. But, oh man, yeah. Madness has done it again. They have once again managed to surprise us in the poor way. Because um, they dropped their, um, I guess it was just, was it wide receivers today and tight ends were yesterday or were they both today? I believe tight ends were yesterday. Yeah, I think tight ends were yesterday and receivers were today. Because I didn't see anything until today, but. Or maybe maybe they were both today. Yeah, all right. Either way, they currently have the tight ends and receivers ratings out. And tight end list isn't horrible, right? Let's start there. No. Yeah, so I'll, I have the list pulled up so I can just read off the Good top idea. 10. So we got number one, Travis Kelsey, 98. No yep. surprise there. Number two, also no surprise, George Kittle, 97. Uh, then a little bit of a drop down for three and four. Three is Mark Andrews, 93. And four is Waller, 91. Um, and then that concludes everyone in the 90s. Then. Number five, we have my favorite fantasy tight end. I hope I get him again this year. TJ Hawkinson, 89 overall. Uh, Six is Kyle Pitts, 87. Seven is Mike Gesicki, 86. Eight is Dallas Goddard, 85. And then nine and 10 are Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry, who are both in 84. So no real surprises. I mean, tight end is like, one of the most valuable positions because there's not like there's a huge skill gap between like the very best and then like your average league tight end. So the four that are nineties are the four that we expected to be nineties. And I think we, we talked, we talked about this before we started recording, but the only thing that we would both say is maybe bump up pits a little bit, but yeah, as we'll talk about with wide receivers, uh, they're a little hesitant to give uh, young players big rating boosts. I, so. I think I'd put Pitts. I might move Waller up to like a 92 and then put Pitts at like a 91 or something. That's probably the only change I'd make. But I, I mean, it's not like a hot take, but I'm pretty high on Pitts. That dude is special. Like, some of just like. Yeah. And plus, the series literally the only source of offense on the Atlanta Falcons. No, 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 no. So, no, no, no. if you're going to take anyone in fantasy football from the Falcons, it better be Kyle Pitts, or else rookie of the year don't take him. He's here. I don't care. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think Pitts is a little better than eighty. Was eighty-seven or eighty-nine? Uh, Pitts was. It was yeah eighty seven. That's me. Um, okay, yeah. So not a bad list. Not a not a bad bad list though. No, right. Um, wide receivers list was kind of bad though. Uh, we can start at the top, I guess. Yeah. All right. I got you. Number one. I, I love reading this. Devontae Adams, now a Las Vegas Raider. Yes, for those of you who don't know me, I am a Raiders fan. I don't care that they're in Las Vegas. When I grew up, they were in Oakland. So leave me alone. I'm depressed. But anyways, 
Devontae Adams, Raiders, 99. First time the Raiders have had a 99 player, and I don't know how long. Anyways, number two, Cooper Cup, 98. No surprise there. Just had arguably the best individual season for a wide receiver ever. Um, number three, Tyreek Hill, 97. Uh, number four is D-Hop, 96. Number five is Stephon Diggs, 95. Number six is Justin Jefferson, 93. Number seven, Mike Evans, 92. Number eight, Terry McLaurin, 91. Number nine, Keenan Allen, 91. And number 10, Amari Cooper, 90. Go, go, go ahead, Chris. I can't really complain about I'm not the biggest Cooper Cup fan. Is that because I'm a 49ers fan? Perhaps it is. But he, yeah, he had one of the greatest wide receivers, maybe the greatest wide receivers of all time. Certainly not a ridiculous take. Um, But I, I mean, I'm not going to play about Cooper Cup being a 98. That's fair. Tyreek being a 97, for sure fair. But then, my first issue, I think, is with Diop. Look, Diop's great. Is he still the fourth best receiver in the league? Is he still 96? And is he still better than Justin Jefferson? Absolutely not. Justin Jefferson has been, at worst, the third best receiver since he came into the league. So, that man needs to be higher. That's Honestly, that's my main complaint. My number one complaint is Justin Jefferson needs to be higher. That man is not, he's not a 93 overall, bro. Come on. He should be right up there, 97 range, probably. 96, 97. Hopkins should probably be down like a 93. I think Mike Evans is probably a bit too high. I don't think Mike Evans is the seventh best receiver in the league. It's not awful, but, man, I bump him down. One or two, Keenan Allen is too high. With all due respect, that man not top 10. He's not a 91. He needs to be like... I, I had that man in fantasy last year. He was so hit or miss. So yeah, annoying. Because of Herbert, bro. <sighs> exactly. He needs to be down like the 80, the mid to high 80s, honestly. Um, yeah, that man is not a 91. Uh, and then the other huge issue I have is two guys, Jamar, or three guys, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, and AJ Brown are Far better than Madden has it. You'll notice that Eli didn't read any of those names. It's because they, not only were they not in the top 10, I guess, well, it's the same thing, but none of them were over 90 overall. They had Michael Thomas, who is fair at 90 because, you know, he was insanely last played, but hasn't played in a while. Okay. Tyler Lockett is better than Debo and AJ Brown and Jamar. What are we doing? Godman in 89 is fair. DK in 89 is fair. But Debo's better. Um, and then AJ Brown and uh, Jamar Chase are both 87s, which is the same as Brandon Cooks. And Kyle Pitts, who should also be higher, by the way. That, uh, I don't know. DJ Moore in 88 is fine. I think that makes sense. Um... But just, oh, my God. Those three guys. Yeah, come on. You're telling me Jamar Chase is one overall higher than Robert Woods? This, was he not all pro last year? 
Did Debo Samuel not like all pro on a Super yes, Bowl on a Super Bowl team? team. And he would have won them the Super Bowl if their offensive line was halfway decent. Like, oh, man. Against Jalen Ramsey, who is probably going to be a 99, as he probably should be. So this dude is uh, – it's Madden, so I can't, like, act like I'm shocked that they screwed up badly. But it's ridiculous that they're – the disrespect towards the young guys, as you mentioned. Mostly Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. But, like, come on. Jamar Chase – Legit has an argument for top five. The only reason that he's not top five for sure is because he's only done it for one year. Justin Jefferson's done it for three years or three, two years, and um, he is certainly better than ninety-three. So, I don't know. Can we get a, can we get a quick round of applause for Electronic Arts? I, I mean, they just continue. They continue to fumble the bag year in and year out. Not only, not only with Madden. They also make FIFA, but that's a story for another day. So, I think they took over. Uh, I, I have such a hate relationship. It's not even a love hate. It's a hate hate relationship with that company. But that's they took over F one too. Um, so. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. Electronic Arts, Madden. What are you doing? Um, Unreal. I'm waiting for Justin Herbert to be like a 91, by the way. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, did you see uh, Tom Brady tried to give Jamar Chase yeah. reassurance, which I thought was hilarious on Twitter. <laughs> he was like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry, bro. They, Madden didn't even put me in the game my second year. He wasn't even in the game. He was not in the game. The greatest quarterback ever was not in the game as a second year player. How is that possible? And that was back before, that was back in like the days of the cool stuff in Madden. Like you know those features that you'll see like, oh yeah, yeah. back in Madden 08 you could like you build a star mode. It was actually fun and like that was when Madden was better. So Yeah. I don't know. So that just proves they've been they've been screwing up since whenever they started making that game, because I know Brady was drafted around when they started making the game. So, I don't know. Yeah. Unreal. Well, unreal, yet not unexpected. Men with... No, no, of course not. We, we have our expectations too high every year. Every year, there's at least one ranking where it's either this guy's way too low or this guy's way too high. Usually there's both, but at least one. Just, you know, it is what it is. All these games do this to us. They <laughs> make you buy a new game every year for a roster update that's not even accurate to the real life, uh, <laughs> the real life like situation. And then don't change anything good about the game. Or if they do, they make something better, break something else. Shout out to the franchise yeah. players on like every game cool. ever because no game ever updates franchise. I know Two K has been begging for updates for the last like five years. Same with Madden. MLB is getting to that point now. No game ever updates that because it doesn't make them any money. They... Oh, man. It's rough. If you play franchise, I genuinely commend you. I, I play franchise on FIFA, but that's just... That's just because I, I gotta support my team, bro. Franchise is fun. That's the thing. It's like a, when you're just like, trying to pass time doing franchises or whatever it is. Yeah, it's just like, oh, let me just 
make this yeah. team good. And the franchise yeah. mode sucks, and it's not fun anymore. <laughs> oh, man. This is another classic from Yeah, if I ever do end up getting Madden 23, I'll have to go and edit the rosters myself, which I had to do for the last Madden, because... I was in there in Jamar Chase. They like didn't update my rosters, and Jamar Chase is like an eighty-four, and I was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." And they only came, they only put him up by three after having one of the best rookie years of all time. So I got nothing for Matt. <laughs> to say. Yeah, this just turned into a video game disc. The last five minutes, but it's, it's fine. They deserve it. Yeah. Well, I'll show that movie the show. That's like a good game. Usually, I heard this year you can't be bad, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Rory? Good to go for the shoutouts. I think we're, I think we're chilling. We're, we're trying to, trying to shorten up this episode for you guys. Last one was a yeah, little bit lengthy. Not even short, but so. that- a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's fine. We we ramble, we ramble all the time. So yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, Chris, do you have a shout? Um, you know, this is actually fitting. My shout out is video game related. My shout out goes to the boy Nico Horner for reaching diamond. You know, the show, um, the way they do it because this won't make any sense if you don't play the game. Um, they update their rosters for their like. You know, if a game has their card mode or ultimate team or whatever they call it, where you have your, you know, you can get cards for different players. Uh, MLB's version is Diamond Dynasty. Diamond is the highest form of a card. It's when you're an 85 or better. There's not all that many of them. Like, each team will have whatever. Anywhere from, like, one to, like, four. Unless you're an insane team, you'll have, like, seven. Like the Dodgers or something. But, Yeah. He hit diamond, hit 85. Um, Well-deserved from him, having a great year. Um, I think hitting somewhere around 300 and OPS 730s or something. So having a nice year. Obviously played shortstop and second base. uh, I think think he's been playing shortstop. Oh, he's 767 OPS right now. But playing the middle ends... Defense is very important, and of course, he's going to go out there. He's given some insane defense, great base running. Um, and yeah, we're always having a, a very nice year. This is what he was drafted to do, so it's good to see. Of course, Jayhawk Pride, you know. I get that. But yeah. yeah. Got it. All right, my shout out is not really sports related, but. Um, my shout-out goes to our good friend, Zachary Yu, and his family. Because, my God, that family knows how to host. So, I, I just feel like, I don't even know if Zach listens to this podcast, but his family deserves some love. Every single time, my friends and I, that we all go over there, his mom literally makes like a beast it's insane and like she made a s'mores last time or not last time like two days ago or whenever we were there it was it, it's always a good time at the u household so i gotta give a shout out to that family they they know how to do it um but also i'm really annoyed because 
five out of the six people that were um, playing, but we were about to play basketball at Zach's house. Five out of the six people that were about to play got stung by yellow jackets, both of us included. I only got stung on my finger, so I was fine. Chris, I think you got stung yeah, on your back. Sorry, or, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, the only one, the only one who didn't get stung is our idiotic friend, Justin Wong. How? I don't know. Literally, he was right next to me when I got stung. He was shooting the ball <laughs> as I got stung. Like, it makes no sense. And then this dude has the nerve to be like, this is why I don't go outside. So, <laughs> so I just wanted to diss Justin really quickly, but that's not the point of my shout out. My shout out is shout out Zach and his family. They know how to host. Um, so they deserve some love. So I'll leave it at that, but also screw you, Justin. I don't know how you were the only one that didn't get stung. Family has never missed. Posting in a bad row. Straight hits. Oh yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that one, and I echo the sentiment towards Justin. He, bro, he was running around the next day like, I didn't get stung because I'm him. Like he just said that over and over again. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just gonna say though. I'm just gonna say I'm actually him because we played card cards against humanity later. I won 15 times. I was literally. It was, it was a generational performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Chris almost didn't let me win because he knew which card was mine, but he knew it was the best well, card. An honest so. man. An honest man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Um, with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you're still here, thank you very much for listening. We will be back around this time next week. You know, got an F1 race this weekend, baby. It's race week. Uh, yes, sir. hopefully some more free agency yeah, drama happens. You know, maybe we'll have new faces in LA by this time next week. But uh, yeah, once again, if you're here, appreciate it, and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace. See you guys later. later.